So, you know, with 2024, everybody's talking about their word for the year. Maybe, maybe you have that, maybe you don't do that, it's okay. When people say that about, what's your word for the year? Almost if you don't know, you're like, um, I'm just going to make it up. You know? But a word for the year is prophetic in nature because you're saying, I want to see this happen in my life. So I'm going to share my word with you guys for y'all to hold me accountable. Think about that. 2,000 people holding one man accountable. That's awesome. All right? And, uh, and so uh, my word for the year is pursue. Pursue. I'm going to pursue God in 24 like I never have before. So I've changed my whole schedule. Uh, most important to seek him, but also because of it now, we have a Saturday night service. Y'all, it was amazing last night. It was Saturday night raw with the Lord. I mean, it was, it was awesome, and I was so amped when I got home. I got in the bed at a good time, 10.30. Service was over right at 7.30, and I, got, I had a little meal, get in the bed, and then I couldn't go to sleep until like 1 o'clock. I was so excited. So I got to work out some kinks real quick, but, I, but I'm pumped about what God's doing, but I'm going to personally, as a man, as a son, that's who I am first. I'm a son, even before I'm a husband. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to pursue my wife like never before. This lovely, beautiful woman right over here. All right? I'm going to pursue my kids like never before. They're young adults now. It's a different way of talking and living. I'm more coaching than daddy, you know? And so uh, it, everything changes. I'm going to pursue you as a church and the friendships here like never before. Come on, somebody say pursue. Pursue. I don't know what your word is, but I want to encourage you. Have a word that's a God goal that you can walk out in 2024. Pursuing God like never before. But here's the deal. To pursue something, there's got to be action. Because we can talk all day long about what we're going to do. You can have good intentions about 2024. But if you don't bring intentionality to it, which is action, then it's just talk. Y'all follow me? I want to give you the definition. One of my favorite words in the dictionary is intentionality. Here's the definition of it. Intentionality is a commitment to purposeful, come on, say it with me, action. Intentionality is a commitment. I am committed to pursue Jesus with all my heart. I'm per committed to pursue my wife like never before. 27 years, this 28th year is going to get ready, baby. I'm coming after you. All right, so, all right, I'm going to pursue her like never before. She's going to be tired of all the dates I'm going to give her, all right? No, no woman ever will. Y'all, ladies, you know, pamper, pamper, pamper. You know, so, but, but, but here, here's what I want to say. There's got to be intentionality because you can have good intentions about a new year, but nothing change. Are you with me? Are you with me, 11 a.m.? You can have good intentions about a new year, but nothing change. But if I bring purposeful action to it, purposeful action to my life, then I will see a different and greater year in 2024. So I'm really excited to tell you that we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff this year. This is the first message of the new year. And we're going, to, we're going to look at some awesome things. I'll talk about that in a moment. But we felt very compelled by the Spirit to look at the beginning of the church in the book of Acts. And then we're going to look at the end later. All right? So we're going to look at the, the beginning. And, and talking about action, the book of Acts is all about action. It's the acts of the apostles. It's the acts of the followers of Christ. It's the action of those who love Jesus. And the Bible says they turned the world upside down. By the way, because of the beginning of the church, which is documented in the, books of, the book of Acts, that's why we're here today in North Atlanta. It had to start somewhere, and Acts documents it. So we're going to study the book of Acts, a broad brush. We're going to look at it over the next six weeks. 
And I want to just tell you what, if, if you haven't read the book of Acts, or maybe you haven't read in a while, now's the time, a great time to jump in with us. There's not a dull moment in the book of Acts. I mean, it's like you're just looking for some excitement and adventure. Just go to the book of Acts. It starts off with fire, and then it just keeps on going the whole book. It's amazing. And, but here's what it shows me about what happened in the book of Acts, and we're going to read just there in a moment, that the church at its inception was about movement. Movement. Action. It wasn't about sitting still or standing still. It was about moving forward. It was about taking the gospel of Jesus into the world. Come on, we all love to sit still. I pray that chair is a little comfy for you right now, all right? But the fact of the matter is, God is calling us not to be comfy in life. He's calling us to get out, to go, amen? And this movement, somebody say movement. This movement was built around a conviction, not just a maybe, but a conviction that Jesus is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. That was that with this movement that started that is still moving today, his church. We, we believe, listen, you hear me pray this all the time, but it's not just words, I believe it. We believe that Jesus really lived. We believe that he really died on the cross, taking on my sins and your sins, the world's sins upon himself, and that he really rose from the dead in three days. Amen? And by the way, he said he would do it. Who does that? Most of us don't live up to our word. Jesus said, by the way, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise again. So what Jesus said he would do, he did it. He proved it. And so the apostles in the book of Acts, I'm just giving you a real quick highlight here. The apostles shared that good news that Jesus is alive and it changed the world. And that's how the movement grew to bring us to where we are today, right here in Beaufort, Georgia and across the world. Some people are going to bed right now. They had church early, early, early on the other side of the world. Church. Somebody say church. church. This was the beginning of the church. But here's where we want to go today. What is the church? What is the church? In overflow, what is the church? Let me ask you like this. Is it a place we go to or is it a people that we belong to? Is it a place that we go to or is it a people that we belong to? And let me just add another question while I got you thinking. And what in the world is the church supposed to be doing? Do we just come to services? Is that what church is? I don't know if you've ever gone there in your mind, but I have before. And I want to get us on the same page real quick before we read in Acts about the word church. Right here in the Greek, which by the way, the Old Testament, original canon, Hebrew, New Testament, and Greek. All right. So in the Greek, the word translated church is ekklesia. Come on, say that with me. Ekklesia. Now you can't say you don't know one Greek word. All right, you, know, you got one right there in your vocabulary. Uh, it's a great word to have. Which means, the church, ekklesia, means a called out assembly or gathering. A called out. I don't know, some people are like, I don't like to be called out. No, it's not that. It's called out. Listen to me. Let me give you a couple examples. We are called out. If you're a Christian in the room, we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were called out of death into what? Life. The God of abundant life, Jesus. We've been called out to be called to something. Well, what are we called to? We've been called out of darkness to share. We've been called to people. To share the light and the love of Jesus wherever we go. Amen? The book of Acts documents this. How Jesus' church, his ecclesia, his called out gathering, the assembly, 
how they changed the world forever. But I want to submit to you that since the beginning, over the centuries, a lot of centuries, something shifted. Something changed. And people began to think of church as just a place that you go to. Give it to you right here on the screen. It got quiet up in the 11 a.m. All right. Over time, the idea of church changed from a group of people assembled to go advance the truth of Jesus to a place you attend on Sundays or Saturday night at Victory. All right. So it, there's something, something changed. Let me, let me put it to you like this. Church changed and it became more, sadly, it became more like a country club for members only instead of a big, loving, welcoming family, welcoming people whether they're in the building or loving people and welcoming people outside the building. Because family is family all the time, not just in a room. Amen? Church became just another thing you do on your calendar. Well, we'll go this weekend to ease maybe our conscience. I should be in church, but my life is so busy. Listen, we, we should be in church, the house of God, yes, but God wants us to be the church out there. Amen? A, a great author uh, said it like this. He gave us literally the history of the church in two sentences. Look right here on the screen. He says this. I believe his name is Ralph Walderson. He said, in the beginning, the church was a fellowship of men and women centered on what? The living Christ. Then the church moved to Greece where it became a philosophy. Then it moved to Rome. This is, he's just given us history where it became an institution. Next, it moved to Europe, where it became a culture. And finally, it moved to America, where it became an enterprise. That's not good. <laughs> just in case you're confused, that's not good. The church is not a business. The church is not a building. The church is a people. Come on, somebody. The church is a people. We are a people. Heaven forbid, I'm going to say it again, heaven forbid we go to sleep tonight and a tornado touches down and this building is all gone. Victory Hamilton Mill will still be gone. It will still be here the next day. It will still be here the next day because the building is a building and it's nice and it houses people for 90 minutes. But the fact of the matter is we are a church. We are a people. Christ didn't die for buildings or programs. He died for people. Amen. Someone asked me recently, we were in their home, just hanging out, church members, and they asked me and Lisa, they knew we were going to be talking about Revelation sometime in the year, and they said, Pastor Chris, we got you here on our couch, you're cornered, we got to ask you a question. What are your thoughts about the church today? And it didn't take me long what came out of my mouth, and it was true. I said, you know, I'm concerned. I'm I'm concerned. And I would say most of us know, and we talked about that afternoon on their couch, most of us know that the church, capital C, which we're a part of, by the way, the church has kind of gotten off track here and there. Do you know how the church can get off track? Because the church is made up of people, and people are imperfect. I'm imperfect. I'm flawed. I sin. The church is made of people. And so at times, the church, capital C, can get off track. Anybody in the room ever gotten off track before in your life? Hello? Here we are. You, my point made. 
So, but here's the deal about the church. The church will always be here. You know why? Jesus started the church. Jesus started the church. So that tells me the church has always been here. It was here before I was born. The church will always be here, and it will always be here until Jesus comes to get his church and to take her home. That's the church. She'll, she'll take a black eye here and there. She'll take some hits along the way. But the church will always be here because Jesus, come on, the church is not man-made, it's God-made. It's not made in America, it's made in heaven. And so with that being said, I would just say this to all of us, it's time for us as the church to stop making church be a place that we just attend and become a Jesus-centered movement that it was meant to be. Amen? Movements move. You were meant to move. You were never meant to stay still in life. And by the way, if you'd be like, no one would probably ever say this, but they think it like, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to move. Can I tell you what? No one ever stands still. You're either going back or you're moving forward. Intentionality helps you move forward. Movements move. We are a people of purpose. Movement with purpose. And so the question for all of us today started with me over the weekend studying is this. This is for everyone in the room and in the overflow and those who are watching us online. Is the church a place you attend or is it the movement of God that you are personally a part of? Come on, I pray that we be a moving people, amen? We're a moving people. And so before we read Acts 1, go ahead and open to Acts 1 right now. Acts chapter 1, I want to submit one more thought to you. I think the church has amnesia. I had amnesia once. It's a weird, weird feeling. Who are you? <laughs> you get amnesia by taking hits, people, football, all kinds of stuff. Car wrecks, people have had amnesia. It can be severe. It can be, it can be just 24 hours, whatever. I think the church has amnesia. And I, here's what I would say. And we need to be reminded who we are. We need to be reminded what we're supposed to be doing. That's what the book, that's why God gave us the book of Acts. To remind us who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. Every time I read the book of Acts, and I love it. You've already heard me say that. Every time I read the book of Acts, I, 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 I realize, Jesus, you did not rescue me from the pit of hell just so I could go to a 90-minute service once a week. Anybody hear that? He did not save you, if you are a Christian in the room, just so you could go to a 90-minute service once a week and maybe a prayer hour at midweek. No, he saved you for a life, and most of your life is out these doors. When I read the book of Acts, life is breathed into me. I'm reminded of who I am. And those spiritual muscles that are atrophied, I, I remember... Um, you guys can tell I'm a workout machine. I'm a beast of a muscle. I'm just tons full of muscle. You can see that on me right now. My muscles are busting out of my t-shirt as we speak. All right. I remember as a kid, um, I, I broke my arm several times. Uh, so much they said, the next time you break it, we're going to have to put pins in it for the rest of your life. So I was like, well, that'd be cool. It'd be like the bionic man kind of maybe, you know. And, and, and so, no, it wasn't cool. And, and so I remember that cast that they had on me. And the cast got bigger with every break every year uh, because it got more serious. And I did what the doctors told you to do. It was itching. Like, anybody know what I'm talking about? It was itching like crazy. I get a pencil. You're not supposed to. Do not do this. If you got And I just itch, itch in there because it was so bad. And I remember when they took off that final cast, the final time I broke my arm, I was like, oh, what, what happened to my arm? 
And it was just like, it was atrophy. It was like, and again, you can tell, it's pretty much nothing's changed. I'm 52 and it's still a little, just kind of bone, you know, and, and a little muscle. But, but, but it was atrophy. Guys, can I tell you, I think the church with amnesia has got a little spiritual atrophy. And, and because we're not moving the muscles, we're not moving like God wants us to move. We come and receive, and we had church. And Jesus is like, oh, that's just the beginning. You had church in here, and now take it out there. Be a movement wherever you go. Come on. The movement of God with the people of God making a difference in the world. Amen? So let's look at it together. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Are you there? Y'all still with me? Acts chapter 1. Here we go. Verse 1. By the way, Dr. Luke wrote this. So Luke wrote Luke and Acts. So great way if you just want to read Luke and then go to Acts. It's like a to be continued. One big, awesome, beautiful story. In my first book, Luke says, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through who? The Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them, somebody say prove, he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Why did he have to do that? Because no one had seen a dead man come back to life. Like he literally was like, hey, touch me, like literally, to prove that he was alive. And he talked to them about what? The kingdom of God. Verse 4, these, these verses I'm reading, it gives us different times, different stories of what happened. Once he was eating with them, come on, Jesus loved to eat. Fish and chips, all right, right around the lake. Once he was eating with them and he commanded, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift. Who's the gift? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Spirit, what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. Come on, read this next verse with me. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you'll be baptized with Come on, there you are. Another story, another time. So the apostles, they were with Jesus, and they kept asking him, Lord, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Pause. Everybody look up just for a second here, and then we'll finish the reading. These guys, these disciples were thinking, all right, he's rose from the dead. Now he's going to get on that white stallion, that white stallion with a fiery sword, and we're going to kill every single Roman and take over this place. That's what they were thinking. Rome was the empire of the world at that time, and the Jews were under their thumbs. And so they were thinking, now's the time you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel. And Jesus is like, what are you talking about? You got us got it all wrong. And actually, Jesus was saying to them, actually, the ones you want me to kill are the ones I'm going to send you to go love. Let's look at it together. He replied, I can hear him saying, guys, guys, guys. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Telling people about me what? Everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then he did something no man has ever done before. He did like real Superman up in the sky flying. It had to be unbelievable to see this, him begin to float and ascend till they couldn't see him anymore. Unbelievable. 
After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they no longer could see him. They're straining, straining just to see. Is that, is that him? No, that's a bird. No, is, it, is, it, is that him? What? It, nah. And they're all just staring there, probably even thinking to themselves, we could build a church right here, build a monument to this. And right then, the Lord knew what they needed to hear. Two angels show up. Look right here. Eleven. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Somebody say go. Go. That's, that's a message, a theme that we hear a lot. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, and the book of Acts. Remember, Luke wrote Acts. All of them, the four Gospels, they end with a commissioning of going. And Acts talks about in the first chapter, the last thing Jesus said, to go. So the message was being said to us a lot, I want you to go. Different, lingu- different uh, verbiage, same message. W- one was like, go and make disciples. Another was, go and be witnesses. Uh, another was like, go into all the world, be witnesses and make disciples. Same message. So church, there shouldn't be any confusion about what God has us here on the earth to do. It's to go, amen? It's, it's to follow. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, he wasn't saying, hey, if you want to. Or, hey, if you feel like it, his commission was a command. Go into all the world. Tell people about me. Look right here on the screen, John 20. I'll give you just one of many, many verses. Jesus said this, peace be with you. By the way, he just showed up. You know, this is one of the first times he showed up, so they're freaking out. Peace be with you. As the Father, come on, read it with me. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Church, we are a sent people. We are a sent people. Let me just tell you, let me say it like this. God sent Jesus to save the world. Jesus went to heaven, said the Holy, he sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is sending us to church. We are a sent people. And yes, we gather together. Here we are, a bunch of us in here, a bunch of us out there. But here's the deal. We gather together and to worship God and boy, a while ago, I do this every time. I, sometimes I'll just stop singing. I'll listen to y'all. All those lovely voices. Oh, my goodness. Right over in this area. I mean, I'm just like, man, they got some people, some pro singers over here. And then I hear other voices like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's all a joyful noise to the Lord. I'm right there with you. Come on, somebody. It's worship to God. Come on, we gather. Somebody say gather. I'm just picking on y'all. We, we gather to worship and lift up Jesus. We gather to hear, listen, a corporate word. Don't let this be your only word for the week. Somebody needs to hear that. Get the word every day in you. This is a corporate word. We, we gather to hear the word. We gather to fellowship. Please don't bolt out of here. Slow down. Linger. Fellowship. We gather to fellowship over coffee in the lobby in the parking lot. Just hanging out in the family area with our kids. Hey, it's good to see you. That's, that's, we gather for those things. But listen, it doesn't stop with gather. We gather to scatter. We gather together to worship Jesus. And then we scatter. We gather and we scatter. Come on, say it with me. Gather and scatter. I'm going to get that in you. We, we, and a lot of people just gather. Oh, when the saints. Sweet by and by. 
We have our holy huddles. It's good to be here. Oh, it's good to see you. Good to see you, Bob. How, hey, Bob. Hey. You know, and all, this, it's, all that is good. But the problem is we're only doing part of what God's called the church to do. We gather and we got to scatter. But scatter with purpose. We don't just leave the parking lot. All right, we're going home. We're going out to eat. No, you scatter on purpose. That's called intentionality. You scatter because everywhere I go, people need to know Jesus. Everywhere I go, people need to know. And they may not be asking, and some will. I promise you that. They may not be asking, but I'm telling you, everybody's looking for real love. And real love is found in Jesus. And you, if you're a Christian in the room, you got real love. And you know it. No one loves you like Jesus. Think about that. How bad and yucky are we sometimes? How, How dirty can my heart be sometimes? And Jesus never stops loving me. How selfish can I be at times? And Jesus, somebody's ears right now. There's nothing you can do to stop Jesus from loving you. Actually, you know what he does? He presses into us with love. It's his love that will capture you and bring you back into his arms. So you can run all you want to. His love will run after you and chase you down. Amen? And guess what? We can't hold that to ourselves. We got a lost and dying world. And Jesus wants us to be his hands and feet and share with people that light and that love. We don't gather, let me say it to you like this, we don't gather just to wait for the rapture. Come on, Jesus, please. It's really crazy out there right now, Jesus. If now was a great time, now would be a really good time to come. We're going to wait, we're going to wait right here. No, 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 no. Well, well, when's Jesus coming back? I believe very soon. People get ready, Jesus is coming. I'm going to say that to you. But here's what I know. But while we're here, there's work to be done. While we're here, there's people to love on. There's people to encourage. While we're here, we're not waiting for Jesus, come rescue me. It's getting crazy out there. Come rescue me this world. Jesus like, no, I sent you into the world. You're a sent people. Because listen, if it was just about getting saved, you would have done a Star Trek moment right there, just beamed right up to heaven. Jesus coming to my heart, you know, go right up to heaven. So you're here on purpose. Think about this. Of all the time in history, this is mind-blowing to me. We're here together right now. Think about that. We're here right now. I don't know about you, but I'm really glad I wasn't born around the cowboy time with no electricity. I don't know if I'd have made it, y'all. All All right? But here we are. Thank God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're here together. We're here together. Somebody say together. And we're better together. And guess what? When we leave this place today, it's not just a service. This is a rally. This is a charge. This is to remind you that we are a sent people when we go out these doors. You don't just leave and go your way. You're leaving with God's way. And you're leaving with the anointing of God in your life to be a bright light to people who are stuck in darkness. That's what we are. We're a sent people. Like, why? Why, Chris? I'd rather just sit than sent. I know. I get it. My flesh, too. It's more comfortable just to receive. It's more comfortable. Can we just gather for 90 minutes? Can we just do that? And I mean, people will find Jesus, right? They'll just find him on, the, on there. Did you, did you? Can I tell you, did God use somebody to help you? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for three people in my life, including my dad, two other incredible men, Bill and Brad. I would not be here today if it wasn't for people 
I guarantee you most of us have that story somehow with people. Somebody talked to you. Somebody prayed with you. Grandma, come on, y'all. Some of y'all had that grandma. She prayed you into heaven because you were going to hell. All right? Thank God for praying grandma somebody. I can't wait to thank my grandma in heaven. She's with the Lord right now. She's like, preach it, Chris. Preach I'm telling you. Like, thank God for our praying grandmamas. Thank you, grandma. Why, why do we got to be sent? Because our flesh really likes just to sit. Because people out there, your neighbors, my neighbors, coworkers, family, some of our family, don't know Jesus. And without a Jesus intervention, they're going to be eternally separated from you and from Jesus in hell. And I don't know about you, but that bothers me. I've got family, family, no thicker than blood than family that need Jesus. Amen? And that's why we're, that's why we're a sent people. Listen, say it to you like this. You can't reach your neighborhood staying safe in your home. A lot of us look at our neighbors like this through the window blinds. Mm. Oh, Bob's at it again. Get out there and talk to Bob. You might be able to help him a little bit. Get off a little crazy, you know? How about this? Let's make it bigger. Somebody say bigger. We can't reach our city if we stay safe in our building. We're a sent people. Amen? Family, I'm here to remind you it's time to get to work. It's time to get to work. You and I are carriers of the best news ever that Jesus is alive. The best news ever. I mean, you ain't going to find that on Fox News. You ain't going to find that on whatever news you watch. It's just doom and gloom. But in the midst of doom and gloom and all the bad news, great news. Jesus is alive and well. Amen? We're carriers of the best news. We gather to scatter to be a witness. A witness. A witness of what? Right here. Acts 1.8 says it. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will, say it with me, be my witnesses, telling people about, this is Jesus, telling people about me, what? Everywhere. Notice, leave it, leave it on the screen, please, for a moment. Notice that the word, we, we just kind of bolded the word there. It's not you will do witnessing, you will be. be. Witnessing isn't what you do, witnessing is who you are. And we're all, representation, we're all representative of somebody. I want to represent my dad well while he's living, but I also want to represent, even more importantly, my heavenly father. Amen? We're, we're a witness. You're, you're, you're a witness. Well, what's a witness? Y'all know me by now. I'm a dictionary guy. A witness is this right here on the screen. A witness is someone who communicates accurately what they have personally seen. Come on, say it with me. Heard and experienced. Now, I want to talk to you about I-85 for just a moment. All right? I just felt stressed. Go up in the room. Right, right now, I was just like, oh, Chris, everything was good until you said that. I have seen craziness on I-85. Anybody with me here? Some of it was you. All right, so I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Trying to get where you need to go. We've all been there. Oh, God, help us. But I have been driving with my family or by myself, heading up to Norcross to our head campus. And, I mean, I've, just, I've seen cars come all the way across, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, God help them. And bam, hit another car. And it's been nuts. In our life, we've seen, so, just like you, seen so many wrecks. And, and if Lisa and I were ever, and I've taught my kids to do this, if, if you're ever close enough, I mean, I just, God protect us all uh, out there, amen. But if you're ever close enough and you saw it, pull over. Take the time to pull over to be a witness, to help the police officer get the truth of what happened. You can be a witness. And I've done that. I was raised that way. If you can, if it doesn't bring harm to you, Pull over and be a witness to that person. Treat them the way you'd want to be treated. 
So it's not your word versus somebody else. You can be a witness of what you saw, what you experienced, what you heard. All right? Come on. Has anybody seen the faithfulness of God in your life? Has anybody seen the goodness of God in your life? Anybody experienced the healing of God in your life? Anybody experienced the salvation of God in your life? Then guess what? We're all clapping. That means we're all witnesses. We're all witnesses of the goodness of God. We're all witnesses in this room and those who are out in overflow. Because we know if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be alive today. Amen? Jesus has called us to be his witnesses. We gather to lift him up. We scatter to be a witness. That means our whole life, and we'll start with me. You're going to hear this a lot. Those who have been around, you've heard me say it. Imperfect, flawed, and sinner but constantly chasing the perfect one. That means through my flaws, through my ups and downs, my prayer is, this should be all of our prayers, God, when people come around me, may they experience Jesus. Like, man, there's something different about this guy. They're drawn to you. It's not you. You smell good, you look good, but it's not you. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. This means everywhere you go. Home, work, play, whatever you do, sports, all those things, wherever you're around, Christian, non-Christian, whoever you're around, you're the same person. Your talk matches your walk. Amen? Because people are watching. I always feel like people are watching. Me, you, some of you got it. Our words. I ain't going to sing it. Our words. Somebody say words. Talk it. Our life should show it. Amen? I'll say to you like this. I'm a walking, talking, breathing billboard for Jesus. And so are you. Yes, I'm imperfect. Yes, I'm flawed. Yes, I make mistakes. But I'm not going to stay parked in my mistakes. I'm going to keep running after Jesus. I'm going to learn from it, not repeat them, and keep going after God hard. Amen? And that's for all of us. Right here on the screen. It's time for the church to fill every city, every industry, every neighborhood, and every family with the beauty and the wonder of Jesus. It's time. It's overdue time. It's way overdue time for the church, his ecclesia. That's you and me. That's not Victory Hamilton Mill, the organization. That's the church. That's people to fill every city, every industry, every neighborhood, and every family with the beauty and the wonder of Jesus. So where, as we bring this, begin to bring it to a close, where are we witnesses? Where, where do we witnesses? Well, we said it from Acts 1.8, which, by the way, is the theme verse of this church you're sitting in. This gathering today. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and what? Into the world, into the earth, the uttermost. That's, that's where we're called. Four geographical locations that I want to hit on as we get ready to close. So if, you're, if you haven't taken notes at all, I want you to take notes because the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you about this. I'm going to go through it quickly. Four areas that we can be a witness. Four areas. Jesus pointed out geographic locations, but he was making a point. And by the way, whether this is the first time you've heard it or the 30th time, our church is about to celebrate 34 years, this verse and these four areas is what our church is built on. That's how important it is to us. 33 years ago, 34 years ago, Acts 1-8 was given to the Rouses, our founding pastors, and we said, we're going to be a people that don't just gather. We're going to scatter and be sent for Jesus. Amen? Four things, real quick. Where are we called to witness? Number one, Jerusalem. What is Jerusalem? That's pillar number one right here, building strong families. These are our four pillars. Every, every house has to have a strong foundation. All you builders know that. You've got to have a strong foundation. 
Our, our pillar number one is building families. That's our Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jesus said it, that was their backyard. That's the place you call home. Don't you love home? I love home. God has called us to be a witness of Jesus to our family first. Let me say it to you like this. I, all of us are in the ministry. Like, I ain't in the ministry, Pastor. No way, that's you. No, we're all in the ministry. All of us are called to be in the ministry. I'm in full-time ministry, but let me just say this to you. I don't have a ministry if I don't minister to her first. I don't have a ministry if I don't minister to my kids first. So the ministry starts at home. Billy Graham said the true test of a Christian is at home. Home. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I'm just coming out with songs today. I don't... Somebody's like, man, what did Chris do over Christmas break? Dun, 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 dun. No, anyway, family's got to be our top priority. Squirrel. Family's got to be our top priority. Somebody say family. And victory began 34 years ago with a burden for families. Burden. I have a burden for my family. I have a burden for your family. God gave it to me. It's the moment God said, Hamilton Mills, the campus you're to leave. I have a burden for your family to move forward in God. And Victory looked over in the beginning days and saw fatherlessness, which was crazy in the 90s, even worse today. Marriages crumbling, all kinds of crisis in family, economic, sexuality, leadership crisis. I could go on and go on, crisis after crisis. But Victory didn't say, well, this is the way it is. Victory said, Jesus can do something about that. Amen. Jesus can heal that. Jesus can change that. And so we've seen it over the years. We've seen prodigals that were far away from God come home. Amen? Anybody a prodigal for? That was me. I was a prodigal. I ran from God hard. Anybody run from God in your young years? All right. Just me. All right. So uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with me. All right. We've seen singles break generational curses on their life and be all that God's calling them to be. We've seen divorces that were literally divorced come back together and reconcile and be healed. Marriages put back together. Only God can do that because we're too stubborn. All right. We've seen husbands, and I've seen this big time in this year. I've told a lot of men, I can see what God's doing in your life. We've seen husbands re-engage with God, re-engage with their families, re-engage with their wives, and re-engage with church, and God's blessing their homes. We've seen women get restored in joy as they've seen their husbands re-engage with Jesus. We've seen our children, which, by the way, are not being babysat right now over there. They are being loved on and ministered to. I even down to holding the babies. They pray for every one of those babies, I want you to know. We've seen our kids get radically saved, and we believe there's no junior Holy Spirit around here. Holy Spirit's for all generations. Amen? We've seen young people on Wednesday nights, people lost getting saved, inviting now their lost friends, and they're getting saved. And our young adults who are thriving and moving forward in God and being all God's called them to be. We're seeing all that because family means everything. We believe in family, and that's where we've got to be a great witness. Amen? God's called us to family first. And let me just say this about marriages real quick. I'll park of this and then give you number two. We have a beautiful ministry here to our marriages. We have our marriage small groups, of course. And I want to put something on the, on the screen if we can. And I want you to please hear me when I say this. All of us in this room, I'm raising my hand first. Looks like I'm the only one raising my hands lately around here. All of us in our marriages need help. Don't we, babe? We all need help. This man has experienced counseling twice, and it's made me a better man and a better husband and a better father. So here's, this is why I'm telling you this. 
when you come and you tell us your marriage is over, we will love you, we will hold you, we will pray with you. But here's what I want to submit to everybody in this room and those who are watching us. Let's tackle the problems in the beginning and not at the end. Let's, when you start seeing warning flags in your marriage, something's not right, go there with God and with people in the beginning. Amen? Go there early on. Don't let pride stop you and hold you back from telling somebody, our marriage needs help. Because guess what? I just said it. All of our marriages need help. And we need each other. And so I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, at the end, at the beginning, in the middle, and warning flags are going off, let's help each other out. Let's be the church. Amen? doesn't put down people. We build each other up. Amen? It's all about family. Number two, real quick. Transforming communities. Where are we a witness? We are a witness in transforming communities in what would be Judea. Somebody say Judea. Judea, right outside our backyard. Think about that. This church, Victor Hamilton Mill, started by the buoys here in this area, has always been loving and serving this community. And when we got here, we told the buoys, and they said, Chris, Lisa, our senior pastor, we want you all to conquer this community for Christ. And we were like, yes, sir, no problem. We will do it. And I'm telling you, we just built on what they were doing, and now we're seeing unbelievable things. And we're not bragging on Victory Hamilton Mill. We're bragging on what God is doing through the people of Victory Hamilton Mill. You know why? Because this area is our area. This neighborhood is our neighborhood. It's like somebody's like, well, I don't live here. That's, I'm, I'm not talking about where you live, but if this is your church, this is our area. But yeah, we'll get to you where you live in just a second, all right? So listen, I believe this. I could say this with some backing and authority. If VHM disappeared, Victor Hamilton Mill disappeared tomorrow, this community would feel it. Not because we're all that. We ain't. <laughs> Bad English, sorry. We're not. But here's the deal. It's because we have constantly been here to constantly love on this community and to serve this community. And I remind everybody here, when you love and serve people, you look the most like Jesus. And so, yes, from all the opportunities that are happening in the schools right now, which is blowing my mind, to all the local food banks that we help out, to all the mission organizations that we serve, to the pregnancy care centers that we support and serve at, and more and more. Can I tell you what? We're making it really difficult for people in this area to go to hell because we're serving and we're loving on people. Why? To feel good about ourselves? No, because we want to show people Jesus. The greatest servant of all, the greatest leader of all was Jesus. And we want to look like Jesus. Amen? Amen. The same goes for you and me at our, at our neighborhoods where we live. Y'all know I've said it many times. I live in the great metroplex of Decula, Georgia. My, my traffic patterns are in Decula besides coming over here. My banking, my grocery store, everything is right over there in that area. And God wants to use me in that area. He's called us to go out and to show Jesus to our world, our everyday traffic patterns. Amen? And to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to share the light and love of Jesus to people, the neighbors, the coworkers that we see every day, and the strangers that we meet along the way. Amen? So the first one is Jerusalem, which is building families where we're going to be a witness. The second one is transforming communities. That's Judea. The third one, and this is where we get stuck, reconciling cultures. Samaria, those people don't look like us. 
When are we going to learn that it's not about the skin color, but it's about the heart of a man or a woman? And yes, God gave us all different pigment colors in our skin, but we all bleed red. Amen? I want to say this. I believe it's a condemnation on the church that Dr. King, which we're about to celebrate in a week, he wrote that letter from the Birmingham jail so many years ago. Remember what he said? The most segregated hours of the week are Sunday from 11 to 12. And it's still today. And our kids are really confused by that in the church because they go to a school where they see all kinds of culture, but they go to the church, they just see one skin color. But I'm thankful to be a part of a church that believes in kingdom. Amen? Kingdom! Kingdom! And he's called us to change that. Some of my closest friends here now don't got to say, and y'all know, I'm as white as white can get, and you still love me, all right? I'm a Bama boy, all right? But here's the deal. It's about the heart of a person. It's about receiving people. It's not about your people or my people. It's about God's people. And for all of us to be a witness of the blood of Jesus, which is what unites every, co every color under the name of Jesus. Amen? That's what we live for, is reconciling cultures, reconciling people, all under the banner of Jesus. That's Samaria. I'm just curious, real quick, and we're bringing this to a close. If you're in the room today, and your parents weren't born in America, or you weren't born in America, could I see your hand real quick? Look at that, church. Look around at that. That is beautiful. Come on, would you give yourself a hand real quick? Come on. Think about that. Think about the history. Somebody's like, I don't know if I want to raise my hand or not. What are they going to do? No, we're family. Somebody say family. And you know why we're family? We're so different. We have different backgrounds. We have different cultures. If you're a Christian, because let me tell you what, if you've got a problem with multicultural now, you're going to have a major problem when you get to heaven one day. All right? And that might be a thing if you're going to heaven in the first place. All right? I'm just like, well, I don't know. All right? And, and I want to say, what we have right here, which is so beautiful, we're the most diverse campus of all the campuses. The diversity here, come on, Victor Hamilton Mill. But I just say this. Yes, I'm biased and proud of it. Uh, but but just, just to say this, guys, listen, what we see right here in worship and together right here, this is just a sneak peek of heaven. Because the Bible says every tribe, every tongue will be at the throne worshiping Jesus. You want to talk about multicultural? It's going to be multicultural times a billion. It's going to be amazing. All under the banner of Jesus. Why? Because we're better together and we're witnesses of reconciling cultures. Final one, number four. Where are we witnesses? To the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. The uttermost. One of the issues with the church in America is we are often rich toward ourselves while others lack. So from the beginning, victory said, no, nope, we're going to do something about that. And by the grace of God, we have a different perspective that it's about the whole world, listen, and not just about my little world. It's not about just me and mine. It's about the whole world. So, guys, I'm super excited to tell you that we're planning house churches right now in South Africa, in Jamaica, and in Vietnam. That is awesome. Incredible. <laughs> happening. Like, not talk, happening. Incredible. Dozens of mission trips going out this summer. If you've never been on a mission trip, please go. It will change your life. 
Don't put it off. Go. Make it a goal, 2025, whenever it is. I'm going to go on a mission. And if you can take your family, take them with you. we got family mission trips too. Trust me on a mission trip. It will change your life forever. As witnesses, we all give. Somebody say all. We all give so the whole world will hear the good news. My goodness, I mean, uh, just bragging on God. 20%. Everything that comes in, 20% goes out. I've never been a part of a church in all my years. I don't know a church that does that. I'm not bragging on, vic- on victory. I'm bragging on God in victory. 125,000. 125G goes out every month to 80 missionaries around the world. Did you hear that? Because of your giving and because of the Lord's blessing. 125,000 goes out. I'm bragging on God. Goes out. We just had the largest Christmas gift to the world. I'm not allowed to tell you the number yet. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to blow your socks off. And we're freeing people from slavery, guys. We got to be a part of freeing people from slavery in Pakistan. And right now, Victory Vita, like us, is getting ready to end their first inaugural service because we were being a part of that right now in Lawrenceville. We've dug water wells, built hospitals, helped schools get built all around the world, all for the glory of God, rescued women from sexual slavery because we want to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. This is why we do what we do. Listen, not for the name of victory, but for the kingdom of God. We are witnesses to impact nations. Amen. Say it to you like this as we close. Victory is here to gather. Yes, we are. But it doesn't end with gathering. We scatter on purpose. We scatter with intentionality. We scatter because we are a sent people to be a witness of Jesus wherever we go.